Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. God's an answer prayer. For eight years, my wife and I has been off the evangelist field, and since that time, we have had a fifth-wheel trailer that sat for many years besides this church, and you noticed this morning that it is not there. That is because this week we sowed that, and it's no longer within our hands. And so if it's been years, it seems like you've been praying the same prayer. Keep praying because it just might, the timing just might not be right now, but it's not to say it's not never. Amen. It doesn't mean it's not never. Amen. So hold on. Be that woman because of your importunity that bread was given to her. And so just, just be vigilant. Amen. In that. Esther chapter number six. I just want to read one verse of scripture and we'll try to just build around this a little bit today. And uh, this really kind of harmonizes with something I spoke about a few weeks ago on a Sunday night about come down. I'm not trying to belabor a point, but I think it's important to emphasize the importance of something. Amen. Esther six and verse number 12, the Bible says, and Mordecai came again to the king's gate that's an important phrase for us today Mordecai came again to the king's gate but Haman hasted to his house mourning and having his head covered Mordecai came again to the king's gate for for a moment of time here this morning I'd like to speak to us about this the power of ordinary days The power of ordinary days, just the mundane and the the ritual, the regular. There's some power that's vested in days just like that. Hallelujah. Let's ask God to help us. I know we've done a lot of praying, but we're never going to fault in doing that. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. God, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege and opportunity to be here. I pray, oh God, today speak to us, Lord, through your word. Help us, God, to be encouraged and directed. God, by it. I know, Lord Jesus, your people, Lord, have had whatever type of weeks that they have had, Lord Jesus, this week. And they've come, Lord, to this place of refuge, Lord Jesus, a place of shelter for their souls. I pray, God, you're able to minister to them. God, through the lovely name of the word of the scripture, in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Everyone say amen. Shake a neighbor's hand before you're seated this morning. Amen. Shake their hand and smile at them. Say something good to them. Hallelujah. Amen. I think sometimes we overlook that the things that we do in daily life and that are daily a part, daily a part of our network of life, maybe we take for granted how essential, necessary, and impactful that they are or at least can be. There is, in reality, some incredible power that can come from just some of the common avenues of our life. Amen. As a matter of fact, one of a great danger, a great danger of the common life is that the enemy of our soul would, would, would do much for us to just give up and give in to the boredom and the ritual of daily life, even decisions that we make. 
because he understands the power that is invested in just the common daily living of life and those choices that we make over and over again every day perhaps and they become mundane but they're good choices they're right choices they're profitable choices amen i've discovered that we do not gain necessarily gain great things uh, and we do but but the things that really keep us going on a day-by-day means are, are not necessarily uh, the conferences that we attend or even the great camp meetings, and I'm not knocking camp meetings. You're looking at a boy that's cut his teeth on camp meetings, but the camp meetings that we have, and, and there, there are great things perhaps that we get sometimes from seminars and when people of other congregations come together and they huddle, amen, as comrades with one another, but some of the greatest fuel for our life is what we do on a day by day means the things that fuel us when everything else has subsided is those things that we we take part of and practice in on a day by day means there's really some untapped power in our daily lives untapped power uh, that comes if I could say as for Mordecai that comes with just sitting and maintaining the king's gate foundational you might even call it it might seem as very elementary but it's very important so we need not as a people to curse the common curse the daily because it is in the king's gate that there can be some great glory that is discovered even at the king's gate that we go to time and time again as the scripture unfolds here in Esther the Bible describes that it was a night that the king could not sleep he was having a sleepless night for whatever reason perhaps it was insomnia I don't know but it found its way into the royal palace and disturbed the sleep of royalty and perhaps there were a number of things that could have disturbed his sleep no doubt he's a king he has the cares of all of his kingdom upon his mind and shoulders he's thinking about taking and advancing with more land and taking more captives perhaps he has a troubled conscience over some choices or decisions that he have made and no doubt being humanity we all just have those times you just can't sleep go to bed thinking too much you know and you just can't put, turn the old thinker off and so you can't turn the rest of the body off have problems going to sleep even one of the historians confirmed that this king Ahasuerus that whenever he returned from some of his expeditions at one time he had gotten so mad Frustration sometimes can cause you sleepless nights. Got so mad with the river where they were uh, that, that, that for, the, for the breaking, the floating of the bridge and his boats and everything that was going on, he wanted his people to get over it. That he said he had his servants to lash at the river with 300 lashes. He just so upset. Amen. Was something just not going the way that he would like for it to go or that he expected it to go. And so he's a sleepless king. He could be frustrated, could just be suffering from insomnia. But nevertheless, I'm sure being a part of the fabric of humanity, he did everything that we would have done. Got on his left side, got on his back, got on his right side. Turned on the little night, night lamp next to the bed, read a few little verses or maybe a little bit of a book rummaged through the cabinets in the kitchen, got a little snack, a little glass of milk, or maybe warmed it up in the microwave, just so-so. Went from the bed to the couch, from the couch to the bed to the recliner, kicked it back, maybe that will do all right. 
counted all the little designs on the marks of the Persian rug that was there in his, in his, in his living room. I don't know. Rearrange the pillows. You know, sometimes if you rearrange the pillows on the bed, it will make a world of a difference whether or not you can go to sleep. Maybe put a little soft music on, you know, and the music of the Persians just playing in the background to try to lull him back to sleep paced a little back and forth perhaps maybe thought well you know what I, I just need to just kind of empty my mind maybe start writing everything of today maybe some of you journal or have a little calendar as you write. maybe I just need to write everything of today's events and put it aside but I'm sure he tried everything that we would have tried but the problem is this nothing seemed to work for the king amen and so we, we, we may read the Bible we may do this we may do that but still it was keeping the king from sleeping as though many times we've exhausted all of our efforts and have been sleepless as well but God's hand was involved in this sleepless night God's hand was upon the hand uh, upon the mind of the king and was keeping him awake for a purpose because he wanted Mordecai to be brought back to the forefront of the mind of the king through the counsel of the king when nothing else helped he said hey recorder come over here I want you who chronicles all the events of my life I want you to read to me what's happened in my life if you ever want to go to sleep just look back on your life and so he began to read to him all the records of what happened into his life counting all the tells some of them may be exciting some of them boring he brushed his teeth at 8 a.m. this morning you know so on and so forth but it finally came to a certain place that it brought up a tell or action of this man Mordecai that had been forgotten by the king and the story was of two of the king's closest aides members of his inner circle that had suddenly brought into the light for the king through the record and as he seen this in his bedroom the tale was told of betrayal to the king his, his ears are perking up because two of the king's chamberlains big than the bible says and Tiresh had determined they were going to sneak into the quarters of Ahasuerus and kill him this was in the past this was the record of the king being told Esther 2 and verse 21 the bible says in those days while Mordecai Mordecai sat notice now sat in the king's gate Two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthan and Teresh, of those which kept the door, were wroth and sought to slay, lay hand on King Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who, who towed it unto Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when the inquisition was made, the matter was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles. This is the record that the man is now reading unto the king, before the king. The Bible doesn't really tell us uh, how this murder was going to happen, how it was going to take place. If you ever watch Veggie Tales, it was going to be a huge grand piano that was going to fall on the king. But uh, I'm sorry. I'm still a father, but it only, it only tells us that these two men were very upset. They were very angry, and their anger undoubtedly set, sent them to their graves being hanged in a tree. But it was during these days of these great kings, and there was many people preserving and guarding the king, people of power that was looking over them, that the Bible speaks that Mordecai, as he was sitting in the king's gate, heard or knew word concerning all of this was going to happen, revealed it to the queen, and the queen in turn revealed it to Mordecai, revealed it to the king or people that were in close contact with the king, and as a result, the king's life was spared. I don't know if they were going to poison him, assassin him, uh, attack him whenever he was alone, but the, the, the real thing to remember is Mordecai had a hand in this. 
And the only reason why he had a hand in it is that he was at his position, his post, and his place of being at the king's gate. And so whenever the chronicle had ended his story, the king said, what, what did we ever do to honor this man Mordecai? Did we ever have any type of celebration? Was there ever a certificate that was delivered to him thanking him for his deed that he had done, how he had just foiled this whole plot uh, to take my life? What, what happened? What took place? Did anything ever happen in the court? Because I, I need to do something to honor this man because he exposed this dark deed. And it just so happens that there is someone who is in the king's court that can help him with this honor ceremony. The Bible says in Esther 6 and verse 3, and the king said, what honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered to him, there is nothing done for him. And the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman was come into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. What a turn of events this morning. Haman is coming to speak to the king about killing Mordecai and the king is going to talk to Haman about honoring Mordecai. Now, Haman, he's the guy that he's so full of himself, there's not room for anybody else. Haman thinks quite a bit about himself. He, he, he has his nose in the air. He's the little teacher's pet of the king, if you will. Whatever I can do, your majesty, honor his Lord, O oh, great high potentate. He is the one that is rubbing both sides of the coin at the same time. He's so full of himself. But there's more to the story. In verse number five of Esther 6, the Bible says, And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, no doubt, thinking, Man, we're going to take care of Mordecai. And the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? Ah, he's finally seen me for who I am and how beneficial I am to the kingdom and my post and position to the king. All this brown nosing, so to speak, has paid off. I shined his shoes every Tuesday and now he's starting to see the benefit of having me around. But notice how quickly, though, old Haman's heart turns from murder to, uh, to mayhem whenever he understands that Mordecai is the one that is to be exalted. He's already determined in his mind, man, all these honors, all these privileges that's going to be bestowed upon me, that's going to be coming my way. And he starts, he starts to say, this is what you need to do, king, thinking of himself. We need to have a grand parade. Let, let, let all of the servants and let all the people of the kingdom line up. And there should be a garment of the king's placed upon this man. And this man should be able to ride upon one of the king's horses. And there should be someone going through a crier. A, held, a herald,er through the town saying, this is what is done to a man that wishes to honor the king and does the king honor. And all this stuff, all this lavish and this great parade should
should be done to this man because he's thinking, man, I'm stuffing my own bird right here. I, I, I'm, I'm setting everything up for my own praise and glory. So, man, I'm going to take the cap off of this thing. This is all the honor and all the praise, everything that should be done for gratitude. And he got so caught up in the promotion. Amen. He, he had a, so many self-congratulatory things that he was going to do that he thought for himself that all of a sudden he was unimpressed. Whenever King Ahasuerus said, Haman, you go get all this together. Get all the parade ready. Get all the people ready. Get my garment. Get the horse. Get everything that you said ready. Amen. <laughs> Gather them all together. Amen. Make sure, make sure there's, there, there, there's confetti to be thrown and there's trumpets to sound. Make sure, make, let there be even a big feast if you want. Man, let just be a day of celebration. And I could see Haman, boy, this, this is going to be, woo, this going to be a great day right here. Man, I've been looking toward this ever since I was born from my mama's womb. And, you know, I, this is promotion day. I'm climbing up the corporate ladder. Everything is grand. I, I'm going to go pick, pick out my best suit, you know. I'm going to have King's garment on, but, man, I'm still going to look nice underneath that. And just thinking about all the excitement, all the trimmings, all the honor, all the glory. Man, my name in the line. Hey man, hey man. Man, just getting all thrilled about what he's thinking about, choking back a little tear from his eyes. Man, I can't hardly believe this. This is wonderful. All of that went downhill though. Whenever Haman felt that when Mordecai was going to be the one in that high honor, that high honor, he said, Haman, every idea you had is great. But I want you to do this, if you will. You be the heralder in the street, please. Could think of no better person to lead this parade than you. I want you to do this for Mordecai. Mordecai, the one that Haman had went into that place to see taken out of life, killed, destroyed. Now he was going to be parading to, through the street and saying, such is done to the man. That's done the king honor. All of the tapestry that's flying through the road that you thought was going to be for you is for the man that you hate. All of the king's robe that's draped upon his shoulders is what you envision draped upon yours. Amen. The, the steed that he's riding is the one that you thought you was going to be riding. And so all of this tapestry, all of this parade, all of this honor, attention, excitement, and all this is now is given unto Mordecai. And Haman is quite upset. And so Mordecai is taken through the streets. All of this honor is given to him for foiling, if you will, the destruction of the king that was read in the chronicle. All these great things was given unto Mordecai. And whenever the parade had ended, whenever the king's garment had to be taken back, whenever he was no longer upon the steed of the king, whenever there was no more food to eat and, and no more honor and cries going from the city of the parade that day, when he enjoyed all all the honor the king had given him, the text reads that I read to you in the beginning this morning. Out of all of this, the Bible says, and after all of this was done, Mordecai came again to the king's gate. When all of those superb happenings had taken place in his life, he didn't go to a higher level. He didn't ascend and sit on the right hand of the king. But he went back to where he was before any of that took place and he went to sit at the king's gate. The king's gate had been his station in life. The king's gate had been his daily purpose, his daily position. It's what he attended to 
every day. This was the place where Mordecai made his most important contribution to the kingdom right at the king's gate. His most even important contribution of his own existence didn't happen while he was in the parade. It happened every day. Every day as he sat at the king's gate. No doubt got a little familiar to him. Amen. Knew how many bars was on the gate. What color the gates were. When they opened. When they closed. Knew the people that normally frequented the king's gate. Very ordinary. Amen. But it was that ordinary place. That common position. Being faithful to it. Amen. Being faithful to it. Watching over it diligently that brought him to his parade up on the king's horse with the king's garment with all the fineries and all the finishings. Don't you dare for a moment, amen, undercut the position where God's placed you. Be faithful to it. Be there daily. Don't allow it to become mundane because it's those places of life that cause the other places of parades and celebration and exuberance and elevation in our lives. But when it's all said and done, just go back to being faithful to the daily in and out, up and down means of life because God honors you in your place of daily living. God someone say amen. Folks, sometimes there is an honor that comes to just sitting at the king's gate. I know sometimes it may feel that's all you do. All I'm doing is sitting here at the king's gate, sitting here at the gate of the king. But folks, we can't survive on parades. We can't survive on parades and honor and banquets and feastings and on all these type of superficial elements. It was the daily mundane life of being at the king's gate. Amen. All those other things will come. Amen. At times. But it's when we just fall in love with the ordinary, fall in love with the everyday, that there is a power that's produced out of it. Amen. I've all times said that whenever Paul and Silas was in the prison of Acts 16 and sang and began to pray unto the Lord at midnight and the jail doors were opened up and they were set free and the prisoners that were in there. I do not tie that to a solitary prayer that happened in that. Now, I don't tie that to a solitary prayer. A one, that's the result because they prayed that night. I have a bigger scope than that. I believe that's the result of a daily prayer. I believe that was the result of being just in the ordinary daily things of life. They're going to pray Monday through Sunday. That's just who they were. And all of that was a result not of just one prayer, but of every prayer they have prayed. Hallelujah. Someone say Glory. And so there's a powerful principle that Mordecai came again to the king's gate. He didn't hang around. He didn't try to prolong the honors of the king upon him. He didn't stay around and try to squeeze from the crowd just a little bit more praise. He didn't leave there and then go to his house and hold a party for now all the newfound friendships that he had gained from this, receiving that of boys and pats on the back for such a great job done. Amen. He didn't continue to seek grovel for the attention of the king. Amen. And he didn't even try to get Haman demoted. He just simply went back that what he knew to do day by day and sit at the king's gate. He was quite a man really to be impressed upon 
by our own lives because there's few people that can handle such immediate promotion and not allow it to ruin them. Because sometimes after points of a celebration like that and promotion like that in a moment, people believe that what they did prior to that is less than them. That once they reach that level, then however they formally functioned is less than them. But Mordecai understood something very real, a principle very real. He understood that it was what he did on a daily basis that secured him that parade to begin with. And he said, so I'm going to go back and sit at the king's gate. The old saying is true that success sometimes have ruined more people than failure ever has. Mordecai, listen to me well, Mordecai was never, never greater than when he returned and came to sit again in the king's gate. He didn't become a lesser man in that moment. He became a man that had been honored, that had been praised, but knew, but knew the importance of sitting at the king's gate. And so he kept his place in all of this. Went back to that common, very known place. Didn't let the parade or, or all this rattle his commitment, his faithfulness to that place. Because he understood that there are often the highest glory comes from by staying in the lesser places of commitment and responsibility and discipline and courage. What are you saying to them? Yeah, I'm saying... I'm saying this morning, it takes commitment in our times to stay tethered to a family. It takes a sense of responsibility to stay on the job. It takes discipline to stay faithful to God and his house in the highs and in the lows. It takes courage to go on and do what you have set out to do in your life. And so... Seemingly with this suddenness, Mordecai is pulled from his familiar surroundings and he's elevated. The effect of these things, what's the parade going to have upon him? Where is he going to go after this? How is this going to impact his life? And yet we see that he goes right back to this craft of sitting at the king's gate. And that is the way the Lord works. David receives his anointing to be king and is pulled from the pasture of his father watching sheep anointed to be king in the presence of all his brethren. The oil didn't touch none of their heads but David's. And the spirit of God came upon him in that moment of time. But after that, where does he go? Right back out to the pasture. Right back out to the pasture to tend to the flock. Sometimes promotions, raises, whatever you want to call them, blessings, achievements. Honey, they can rob you of your life of being fulfilled in the daily things, being at the king's gate. If we don't allow sometimes, if we don't watch it, sometimes we'll allow the pursuits of achievements demand from us things such as taking us away from the daily things that got us there. You know how it is. You get home from vacation and there's a certain amount of dread that starts coming up on you, right? Why? You got to go back to work. Kids got to go back to school. Spring break's coming up. Some may leave and go, and then they're thinking they got to go back to school, got to go back to work. You've been able to get out from under the demands of your daily, everyday life and your schedule. Some of you, 
uh, may get deeply harassed by your boss, so it's nice to have them not breathing down your neck. I know I'm talking somebody's language right now. Amen. Man, it not being harassed by a boss or a teacher or to those circumstances of a cubicle, perhaps if that's where you work. Amen. Having those things are just a little bit of a dread after that space of time. Or even for us, sometimes, you know, a conference or a seminar or something that we go to, man, you get all these creative thoughts and ideas and you're absorbed and plans and you're determined and great hopes you've been embracing. And, man, if I could just stay just a few more days there and you know it's been nice to get out of just the norm and the ordinary and experience something you know but then you got to just get back to the king's gate I feel certain that whenever Mordecai got out of that that parade of people that was to honor him that undoubtedly the king's gate probably looked a little less appealing than what it looked prior to that moment He probably looked at it a little differently, noticed some things that he hadn't noticed before just because he stepped out of that for a moment. You know what? Those hinges are rusty. I don't ever read it. Those, those are quite rusty hinges on the, on the gate there. And you, you know, maybe the, the wood on that kind of poking at it. That's a little rotten, man, and I'm sitting here every day. Some of these people that come here and take care of business here, they get, man, they're a bunch of misfits of society, man. They're low down, no goods. Maybe a little depression settles in on him. Here I am at the King's Gate. You should have seen me yesterday, but uh, a little less appealing than what it looked before the party started. But folks, just like Mordecai, we must bravely and diligently return to the job the Lord has called us to do. There's no greater joy than being at the gatepost of where the Lord has called us to be. It's not a lot of faithfulness required of you when you're being paraded down the street. It's not like you've got to work up a bunch of effort to wave. <laughs> whenever they're chanting your name, it's not hard to stretch a smile on your face. Amen. But the real faithfulness is not in the parade. The true test of your faithfulness and commitment is not during the parade. It's when you're sitting by yourself at the king's gate. And it's amazing how sometimes we get pulled from the gate dilemmas of life sometimes take us from there it's not always parade sometimes it's bad choices and we leave the daily mundane what we would call the king's gate there's loss divorce happens in families and there's things that take us from the king's gate there's the waywardness perhaps of some of our children grandchildren and it takes us away from the king's gate amen difficult news that we receive that take us away from the king's gate but Folks, we were at the point of joining the highest part of his life, perhaps during the parade, and suddenly, suddenly the breath is knocked out, taken back to the king's gate where it all started to begin with. But I want you to understand this. Understand that the glory of the gate, the glory of the gate is that it is what brought the parade. And so if you want another, that kind of scenario happening, just go back to the gate. Because there is glory in it. Although you do not recognize it every day, there are moments in time that it will shine forth more brilliant than other days. 
Amen. Go back to the gate. Go back there patiently. Go back there quietly. Go back there and remain there and be steady at the task. Because that's really where you live victoriously is in your common life. You live victoriously in your common life. It's a very powerful thing just to find a place in God and drive a stake deep and say, and this is my post. Uh Not being tossed about to and fro. Some of us can succumb to, but finding a place in God, finding a gate of the king that you can sit at, be faithful to, committed to, and if you will be, there'll be parades in your life, but you can't live for the parade. You got to live for the gate, live for the king's gate. Hallelujah. Nobody else may be occupying this space, but I may be, and I'm going to treasure it. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to pour myself into it. I'm going to give all my resources, my times, and my abilities to it. And it might not be kicking heels every day, but there will be days, and it will be a result of what I do in these moments. It will be the result of how faithful I am in these moments. Hallelujah. The glory is going to come whenever I'm serving when it's inglorious, when I'm serving when there's no honor, when I'm serving and there is no applause, and nobody's tending my name but heaven sees and the king knows and the recorder is re- I've told you oftentimes that God keeps good records and God keeps good books when nobody else was watching listen to me you know how David found himself into the palace of King Saul do you know how it happened the story is this is that after the evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul sent by the Lord the Bible says came upon Saul that they were to seek out somebody that may have the ability to play in order to soothe the spirit of King Saul. There was a servant of Saul that spied David where? In the pasture of his father. Doing what? What David always done. Tending the sheep. Every once in a while, putting a pen to paper and writing a song, playing his harp. Listen to, David's not aware that anybody is around. David's not playing the harp and pinning a song right now because he has an audience to perform by. He's doing, Sister Nadine, what David just does in his post. If I can say he's sitting at the king's gate. He's singing his songs. He's writing his songs. He's tending to the flock. But all the while, somebody's spying in on him that he's unaware of. And it is the word of that servant that reaches the palace of the king. It's the word of that servant that reaches the palace of the king and says, King, I know a man that can play a harp. I know a man that can sing some songs and he writes some beautiful songs. Why? Did you see him at a grand orchestra? No. Why? Did, did you see him at some, some, was his name in limelights? No. I just seen him over in the field somewhere. What'd you spy on? I spied on what he did day after day after day. And it was David's life of consistency, commitment, and faithfulness to what he did every day that caused him to have access to King Saul to play his harp in the courts of majesty and honor. What do you saying today brother McGee I'm saying stay faithful to your post because when you think nobody else is around nobody else knows what you're doing nobody understands where I'm at there are eyes that are looking ears that are listening amen there are some of God's servants if you will that's peering down upon you in your day by day life and they're giving word back to the king I know of a man that prays every day 
I know of a woman that fasts once a week. I know of somebody else that has daily devotions in the early morning hours. How do you know that? Because there was a trial in their life. No, they do that every day. He says, hey, I want them in my presence. I want them in my court. I want... just the power of ordinary days. Amen. Just, just ordinary days. And there is, I mean, there is something to be applauded with what we do during and after a trial. After the flood, Noah still builds an ark, or an altar rather. After Abraham had the covenant that was established with them, with him, he had the covenant established, but he still had to walk it out. Joseph's taken from the prison. Man, that should just be a time of celebration, but he had to get right back to work and he had to prepare for the famine that was coming. Amen. After the death of James there in the early church, they didn't stop throwing the towel. They had to go on and they continued. And so much that we read then, Peter later delivered from prison because the church had been praying. They had suffered loss, but they went on. Folks, after the trial, you've got to get back to the gate. After the pain, you've got to get back to the gate. After whatever it is may cause upheaval, you've got to get back to the gate because the king's gate has a way of restoring purpose back inside of you. The king's gate has a way of initiating healing in you. The King's Gate has a way of resetting priorities again, realigning them properly in your life. On the afternoon of April 18, 1775, young stable boy hurriedly ran down the Boston streets until he came to the silversmith shop of Paul Revere. He reported that he had overheard some British Army officers talking about an event that was to happen the next day just so happened that earlier in the day he had been relayed some information that came from some men who worked the wharves of the Boston Arbor. They had noted two ships in the Boston Arbor, the Somerset and the Boeing, both of the HMS, His Majesty's ships from Great Britain. The British officer had carelessly discussed some plans that would lead to the arrest of the colonial leaders, John Hancock and Samuel Adams in Lexington. So Paul Revere and his close friend Joseph Warren determined to do something with the information that literally had come to them from the grassroots of the Boston Society. The rest, you know, is history. But we know now that on that night that Paul Revere took to his horse and rode through the streets of Boston and on to the other towns along the way on his midnight ride, he rode through Charleston, Medford, North Cambridge, and Monotony before reaching Lexington. He sounded the alarm, the British are coming. The British are coming. And before long, church bells started ringing. Drums began beating. The news fanned out over the countryside. The news ran on through Lincoln by 1 a.m., Sudbury by 3, Andover by 5, and by 9, it reached as far as Ashby near Worcester. And when the British finally began their march on April 19, 1775, they were shocked and stunned by the resistance they found from the Minutemen, the Patriots along the way. Resistance was organized and fierce and the militia soundly rooted the British and from the incident came the American Revolution that would start the steps toward an American nation. 
And so how crucial it was for the young man who worked in the stable to have been at his gate. How crucial it was for the workers on the wharves to have stayed in their gate. How crucial it was for Paul Revere to have been in his gate when the information began to trickle in his direction. I guarantee you, probably never in his lifetime, he would thought, while I'm doing this menial, everyday task that I do, would it be ever a place or position that would be instrumental for an American revolution? But it was. Because he was there, he was faithful, he was committed, and he was handy at the task. <sighs> Folks, there is great power in staying at the king's gate. <sighs> Sometimes staying in your marriage is staying in the gate. Sometimes continuing to do your work is staying in the gate. Showing up to manage the task, it's staying in the gate. Shouldering those daily responsibilities, sometimes it's staying in the gate. Living the ordinary life, raising your children, all that sometimes is just staying in the gate. Living by the grace of God, amen. Being a better husband, a better wife, amen. Whatever you may be, a more devoted mother, sometimes that's just staying in the gate. Being a kind brother, a kind sister, amen, to someone in a time of need, sometimes that's staying in the gate, You'll stand with me this morning. There's a few statements here and I'll close. All the accolades, all the rewards, listen to me, do not come in the king's gate. They only become, they only come because you fulfilled your responsibilities of the gate it didn't the parade didn't happen at the gate but it happened because someone had been faithful at the gate so all the rewards might not come at that post but they'll become because you were faithful to that post and what this does for me this morning it places a huge huge emphasis on our consistency, our character, our determination to do what God has called each of us individually to do because we all have a gate that we need to be keeping. We all have a post. We're part of the body of Christ. Each supplies what each of us need. We all supply all these joints that come together. We, the finger, the hand, the shoulder, whatever you may be serving in. We are all serving a function and a purpose for the overall scheme of things. But our consistency, our character, our determination to do what we need to do is telling me this. Whenever I'm responsible to this, committed to this, faithful to this, there are times that there will be rewards that will come. But whenever they come and they go, let me go back to my task. Let me go back to my post. And let me just be very attentive to the king's gate. If we embow our heads in this place this morning, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.